Welcome, heathens and witches, to the horn and cauldron podcast. Pub chat. Yeah, I know. It's been like a while since we've done the pub chat thing. Okay. So, like, no excuses. I was just lazy. Uh, But also, it sort of worked out because we finished the point of our magic in media today. We'll get there. <laughs> Don't worry. Either way, um, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. If you're listening to this on, our pub ca- on your uh, uh, podcast network of choice, don't forget to leave us a review or visit us on social media and say howdy doody or whatever. Uh, ahoy hoy, like we were supposed to answer telephones with. Ahoy hoy. Less fun, but I get it. Um, <laughs> I do, right? But uh, And then also, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share this video, subscribe, uh, tell your friends how awesome we are, and then make us their problem as well. Spread. Spread. Resistance is futile, so you'll get it. Uh, so today <laughs> on Pub Chat, we've got the standard issue, we've got some questions, we've got some stories, times... And we've got some magic since medias. That's right. Uh, so let's uh, let's hit the deck running on this one. The question for today is: I, I'm sorry, I just had to like refocus my eyes so I could read that far <laughs> away uh, because I'm not really set up for that right now. Uh, I don't have my glasses on. Can I use a spell or ritual that I found online? Uh, well, can the proverbial eye? Absolutely. Um, there's, we talked about this in our uh, technomancy episode that we did recently. Technomancy? No. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not how you say that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. So uh, we talked about um, how there are some people that are like, no, you have to only get stuff from like paper. Um, but yes, absolutely. You know you that can books use... are also online, right? Yes. Oh, and many books are written um, digitally and then printed physically. Yeah. So, you know. Well, okay. Even if it was written physically, how do they think it was printed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but there are a lot of people that feel that they can only do spells that are found in a book. Hmm. Um, but uh, absolutely, you can use spells or rituals that you find online. Uh, basically, a spell is uh, a magical recipe. And really, the difference between using something you found in a book versus online is that the person online may not be a published author. That's it. Yeah. That's that's okay, except for it. all them sweet, sweet um, online books. Yeah, there are a bunch of like published authors that you can find spells online for. Yeah. And that doesn't mean just because you're somebody who's published... <laughs> there are also a bunch of published authors that are talking out the side of their head yeah. and have literally yeah. ruined their careers by publishing books that are made of BS. Let me tell you what, I can think of some New York Times bestsellers from the mid-90s that were pretty fiercely racist and talked about racism in a very scientific way. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about, you're probably angry, because every time I think about it, I am. <laughs> and if you don't, then it's probably best you not know any of that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's bad. So really, that somebody is a published author doesn't actually give them some sort of authenticity or... A credence um, to quality. Yeah, no. exactly. Or uh, any sort of accreditation, if you will. Yeah. So think of spells as like a magical recipe. So like when I look for a recipe, like I was just searching for recipes for a birthday cake that I wanted to make for myself. And I usually look at a few recipes to find the recipe that I like the most 
most. And then I use that recipe and I might like add or remove ingredients or yeah. techniques yeah. to achieve the results that I want. And really, um, you do the same, you can do the same thing with spells that you find online. Yeah. You look at a few options, you see what works for people, you get inspired. I, this is in fact how I, I write the spells. For I, the I can confidently say I have never looked at a recipe and been like, this is the only recipe I'm going to use gangster. Like not, <laughs> not even once, not even once. Yeah. Like I always look up multiple recipes and honestly, you know what? Most of the time what I do is I look up multiple recipes and then, uh, flip and wing it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I use, um, <laughs> spells that I find rituals that I find online as inspiration. And then I write my own spell. Oh, totally. But, totally, yeah. um, obviously that's for spells that I'm doing for, like, for this, but like if I'm doing a spell sources. for myself, that isn't necessarily, um, you know, something that I'm quote unquote writing myself, um, you know, or something that's for this podcast, like I have and will again in the future use spells and rituals that other people have created. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I definitely use like spells and rituals that other people have written as inspiration, um, to, to sort of like make my own thing whether it comes from online or a book has, has literally no bearing on reality whatsoever. Um, even technically, if it's an original source book, um, it had to exist in a digital format at some point in time for the printers to print it in the book that you picked up at the library. Yeah. So like, just because it touched a computer shenanigans is ferociously insane from my point of view. Um, <laughs> like yeah. if that's your thing, like that's fine. Gangster rock and roll. Like you do you, my guy, but like at the same time, like it doesn't matter. And also, like, just because it is or is not like a one steak sauce prime source, or if it's just like some person's opinion, uh, honestly, if that person's opinion about some shenanigans is like, like most excellent to me, then like, I'm going to go with that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know what? I think the recipe analogy is absolutely perfect. Like, um, if you're trying to do like a like a thing that precisely is the thing that like you saw on a YouTube channel or you read in a Betty Crocker cookbook yeah. or you like found on um line or whatever uh and you just want to replicate it like go ahead man yeah, rock and roll wrong right with that if you all. specifically want like like some lady Geraldine's you know bloody jalapeno cornbread and that's what you want to eat then like make and eat that you know follow her recipe and and eat that cornbread you yeah. know what i'm saying like think like, i think that that's really the way that it needs to be thought about uh with regard to that and i would even go so far as to say that if it fits within the logic of your particular practice but let's say the person who wrote it is like of a different practice i would also argue that that's okay like yeah. if it's just a like cleansing a space thing and they're just like you know do some incense and light some candles and you know uh put some rocks around it and you're just like that's exactly what i wanted to do and like this is what i was looking for but it's like a different people or something yeah like i would argue that that's also fine right because it's about like sort of the idea of it and not the like seclusion of stuff i think that we need to 
you know, I think that this this falls within the like super structure of do piece is yeah. like we all need to like respect and understand like the, everybody's individual thing yeah. and also like if those things correlate or have similarity which like of course they do we're all people that's how people work um then i think that that's also cool you know yeah and if that's not the thing that you want to do like that's also cool like that's the point of do peace right is like everybody's allowed to just like be their own gangster um but like yeah, there's definitely been stuff online where I've just been like, oh my, like, where I've, like, like, for me, it's often like I'm trying to write a particular portion of a ritual, like, let's say an homage to a specific, like, deity or something, you know, like a hail to a deity or whatever. And then I start writing something and I'm just like, oh, this is okay. Oh, I don't really know. And then I like, do some research and inevitably it's like the third or fourth uh, thing that I see is like, oh, hey, what if I, like, like, I, I, wrote this ritual and they like go through the ritual and then it's got like the hail for that deity and you're just like man that is so good yeah. how slick is this person all right dog snooch oh uh, yeah <laughs> you know or you're I mean? like oh man this is like super long and i don't want anything to do with this but i very much like this yeah. particular yeah. line yeah. you're like i don't use. have those herbs or that much time but <laughs> this paragraph's pretty nice. I might use this paragraph. Yeah. I might light yeah. a candle and just say this paragraph. Cut out all the extra correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh yeah. so yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 If you're looking for more resources on um writing spells, you can check out episode four, which is uh like a really comprehensive basic guide to spellcrafting. Yeah. As well as and that's spellcrafting 101. And episode 30 is spellcrafting 102, and that talks about Book of Shadows and Grimoires, which are also helpful tools for writing spells because you keep uh sort of an encyclopedia of information in one, and you can kind of also use them as a journal because if you're doing a spell you should be recording it uh that way you can understand like how it worked and see sort of like you know how you can um you know more streamline those results for the future or if it did work so you can replicate it exactly this is this is what i would call the brewer's dilemma right the home brewer's dilemma right you can brew a ho you can home brew a beer right i mean like even if you just bought a kit but like you can home brew a beer and maybe it turns out good and maybe it turns out bad. But you know what's real shitty is if you homebrew a beer and it turns out great and you didn't write anything down so you can't replicate yeah. it. Yeah. The more detail you can write down, the more likely it is you can replicate it when that time comes. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And this was one of those things that I struggled with a lot as a homebrewer and I struggle with a lot now as a practitioner of, of you know, zhuzh. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah. Because, like, I'm super lazy. I don't want to write stuff down, man. Uh, and I'm also very aware of the fact that I'm not going to remember anything ever at all, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. Uh, so like I write stuff down, but often I'm just like, ah, oh, do I have to write this down? Uh, no, you should write it down. You should definitely, write you should it definitely down. write it down. <laughs> yeah. Whether that's writing it down, like on paper or doing it electronically, definitely write it down because otherwise you're not going to remember you're not going to know you're going to guess and it's going to get frustrating but mm. also you're not going to remember like the results of said spell yeah which is also something that yeah. can be frustrating because you're like okay well when do i know 
Well, and if you wrote this big spell and in the spell you were asking for cumin, but like that particular day you had ran out of cumin in the house uh, because you didn't have any cumin. Um, The next time you do, and it it resulted well, and next time you do the spell, like now you know, like, all right, well, it ended good when I didn't add cumin. So like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So again, it's like recipe. It's like home brewing. Yeah. You know, record, record, record. So that way you, uh, you know, you can continue to uh, iterate and improve or repeat when successful, right? It's the scientific thing. Uh, So next up is uh, story time. Yeah. Uh, uh, And today we are going to talk about... Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah. Yeah. So we recently watched the King's Man movie. uh, And in it, Rasputin is a character and he is a wild character. He is a bunch of a person. Uh, And um, we were talking about him while watching the movie. And I thought, you know what? We should talk about Rasputin here. And the why for that, for any of you that are not uh, that, that are not in the loop here is that Rasputin is a, a very popular historical figure, um, particularly in Russia, but like throughout the world as well. And there's a ton of rumors for who Rasputin was and what he did and how he did that stuff. And there's a lot of rumors that he did things magically and um, that he was also you know, maybe in a deal with the devil. So we're going to kind of break some of that stuff down yeah. and we're going to talk about it. And this isn't to say that we're debunking him, uh, but just that we're kind of going over some of the basics. The The rumors about Rasputin are so widespread and, and really like pretty different depending on the circumstances that you're getting stuff from. And it's long enough ago that we don't really know for sure. Um, you know, so there was a, a few different things about Rasputin um, in particular that are quite interesting from like a magic sort of view. And yeah, so so I think the way that we're going to approach this is that like this time we're just kind of sort of going to like we're going to go over the like weird esoteric magic magical sort of questiony stuff to give you like the insane backbone. And then the next time we're just going to do a like TLDR on the tail of Rasputin. Yeah. So we're doing this a little backwards than we did the last one. But the reason why is, is that if we tell you the tale of Rasputin, it means we either got to fleck this stuff in with a bit more context or we're going to tell you the tale and then tell you extraordinary stuff. Whereas I feel like. Often you hear about Rasputin's extraordinary crazy stuff first and then the story second. Yes. Right? Yeah. So first extraordinary well, stuff. Well, and also that's the, up. The, his extraordinary um, talents, if you will, um, make a lot of sense once you start, start seeing the stories about what yeah. it is that he did and who he was and all that other stuff. So we're going to talk about a few different things here. So first we're going to talk about clairvoyance. So um, it is said that Rasputin was clairvoyant and that he was psychic and that he was able to know the future. And in particular, he knew that people were planning his death. And he also predicted the death of the Royal family. There's not really a way for us to prove whether or not he was clairvoyant or not. But, um, you know, 
either he was very good at drawing conclusions for stuff from stuff, or he was like actually clairvoyant. Yeah. Um, I mean, and or he had spies, or like some homie who was definitely in the club of dudes who were just like maybe murder this guy was like also his homie and was just like, hey, um, I, I was in town today and like everybody wants to murder you, and he's just like, what? And they're just like, I don't know. So yeah. you know, clairvoyance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Rasputin was also a faith healer, and this isn't something. This is something that comes up a lot in, um, like, in in sort of the Christianity sphere of things, particularly in America. Um, but faith healing can be kind of part of any sort of magical practice. Um, but Rasputin was able to heal the Tsar's son, uh, Alexei, and Alexei um, was a very sickly child, and he had hemophilia. That means that your blood doesn't clot appropriately. And Rasputin was often able to predict when Alexei would get better after like an episode, which we know now would have been a hematoma. Uh, and this is tricky because we don't really know if he knew through some uh, through some like divine concept or through clairvoyance or through psychic powers or if he was just pretty good at figuring it out. Um, there are people that think that he possibly was able to figure this out because aspirin was used as a pain reliever back then because this was the early 1900s. Uh, but as time went on, uh, or but people were unaware that aspirin thinned the blood until like the 1950s. However, aspirin would have been used in folk healing uh, so it is possible that he would have known that, uh, those sort of properties, but this is one of those on the on, on the, the fence yeah. kind of yeah. things that we uh we have about him is that he was able to heal people through faith alone mm -hmm. as it yeah. were yeah 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 uh he also was purported to be immune to poison and um like low-key immune to death uh, yeah. Like very like Jimmy Hoffa Elvis style. Yeah, very. If you take enough Iocane, you're immune to Iocane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, secret time. That's not how that works. At all. <laughs> don't do it. No. Yeah, don't mm -mm. take poison to try and build mm -mm. up an immunity. That's not how That's... poison works, motherfuckers. <laughs> not even a little bit. No. Jeez yeah. So um, Rasputin survived at least one attempt on his life. Um, but the one that took him down is actually the most famous and it is purported that he survived other attempts to take his life. But we know of one attempt to kill him that was unsuccessful. He got stabbed in the gut. Uh, and then, and then the one associated with his death. So, um, he was really hard to kill and the stories vary, but they all report that Rasputin consumed a destroyed disturbingly large amount of cyanide like so much cyanide that he would have been dead in less than five minutes like uh it would have killed an elephant as much cyanide as they were supposed to have given him now cyanide tastes like almond uh and that's a pretty popular flavor for particular types of uh, pastries so that's sort of how it happened um but not only did rasputin um eat this cyanide but he was afterwards he was feeling so good that he was like cajoling and trying to go out whoring with the boys 
Uh, so there's a lot of magical sort of bits associated with that there too. And we'll talk about his death, um, in the next episode and sort of the stories behind him. But, um, we definitely have some, uh, immunity. This guy is, uh, taking yeah. potions as it were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and you see that sort of like consuming huge amounts of poison thing Yeah. in, um, in uh the kingsman yeah when he consumes a bunch of poison and then just like uh just like immediately throws it up yeah right because like theoretically none of it got into a system yeah if it was just like super quick like that so yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely that thing where like every everything that he does where they're just like well you could be like well but also science yeah maybe but also right? maybe but also magic. maybe definitely yeah. not so like yeah. deal with that nightmare yeah now the last and the weirdest thing that i want to talk about with rasputin um is that he was a um a, a part of a secret sect of the Russian Orthodox church. And they were known for their wild rituals and they were called Klistis. Um, now each member of this sect was considered a living God and each, uh, and there were also roles within each sect. So think of it like a, like a church, mm -hmm. but not like the church, like your church kind of thing. Um, so within each sect, there was a Christ figure and also a mother of God figure. And on Holy feasts, these people would get together at what, at like a specific member's house. Um, and then they would strip down to their underwear and they started quote unquote, rejoicing by chanting and singing and self-flagellating until they felt possessed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then um, after this, they would then collapse from exhaustion. This is like a lot of work in somebody's basement in secret, basically. This was a sect that's existed since like the 1600s, uh, but is still very little is known about it. Um, so after like a whole bunch of like dancing and singing and, and whipping themselves, they would collapse and then they would have a snack and then they would have a group orgy. Even though sex was actually a sin, and that's actually why they self-flagellated late earlier, because it was cleansing them of the sin before they finished uh, with said sin. Hmm. So part of him being part of this like sect of this um, of this church, and this is very particularly before he came to Moscow, um, made him very mysterious and gave him sort of an air about himself. He was also a very enigmatic person. Like he definitely has the eyes of a cult leader, if you will. So there's a lot of swirling rumors about magic and um, deals with the devil and that sort of thing associated with Rasputin. Yeah. Uh, and this is just sort of the breakdown of what we, of what we know that people felt about him. And then in the next story time, we're actually going to tell sort of a brief story of Rasputin's life to kind of put those p puzzle pieces uh, together. And yeah. then you can just sort of draw your own conclusions as to whether he was uh, just sort of like a crazy charlatan who was real smart uh, or lucky um, or whether there was some magical inclinations there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so up next is Magic in Media. Uh, and so we just finished watching, and we will keep this brief. Uh, we just finished watching Moon Knight, yep. which is a new Marvel TV series on Disney+. Plus. Um, so, and it's based on the comic 
of the same name, Moon Knight. Uh, and it deals with, uh, it deals a lot with Egyptian gods, in fact. Yes. Uh, which is super interesting. So the, the three, the two, the main two that we've been dealing with are, uh, Amit and Khonshu. Yeah. And then we also got the, um, hippo gal. What was her name? Ooh, I do. Oh, I don't remember her name. Uh, she was very fun. And, um, yeah, we had a couple other avatars also for the gods, but it was a very interesting show. Um, it, it like, I, I, I didn't really read the comic Moon Knight, um, but I feel like it had like a lot of like Greek god shenanigans in it. Um, it addressed some functions of like, like what jobs the Greek gods did as well as it sort of briefed into like, uh, I'm sorry, Egyptian gods. Yeah. Egyptian gods did what jobs Egyptian gods did. I just said Greek gods. And it also delved a little bit into the Egyptian afterlife, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, like it was a really, it was a fun show. Yeah. Uh, the gods were fucking awesome looking. Holy yeah. shit. They look good. Like yeah. graphics wise. Yeah, and the hippo was uh Towerett. Mm, okay. The hippo was Towerett. Yeah. But uh yeah, so like it was really dope. It was right? really good. It was really they, good. Um Moon Knight does an interesting thing that uh a lot of the Thor comics and even the Thor movies do, where they take a um a pantheon of gods and sort of this belief system and they sort of just sort of like push it into where the comic book universe is. So there are some things about the deities that they, that they mention in here that are, that are like a hundred percent spot on. And then there's some that are just kind of like a little wibbly wobbly and You're pushed like, yeah, somewhere else. Sure, you I know, mean. like we've talked a lot about Thor and Loki and how they weren't actually brothers. And really Loki was more like Odin's brother, but not like an actual blood brother. Like, like, like they were bros, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and, and you can see, you know, so there's like similar things, um, though not necessarily with like relationships in there, um, that they do with this in, um, Moonlight, like Konsu is, um, definitely much more, uh, powerful in this and has additional roles that he didn't have in traditional Egyptian, um, pantheon stuff as, as far as we know, right? Because we... We're not around then, so we only know what was written on temple walls and yeah. what was written by later on um, yeah, and Greek what, what, philosophers. And what's, what's, so. what like has been inferred and or a more accurate way to say that is um, we only know what's been inferred and then written about and explained. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So like if you've got some A1 source that's like begs to differ about a thing, hook it up, my guy. Yeah. You know? Uh, I would totally read that paper. Absolutely. I'm not a card carrying Egyptian uh, archaeologist of any sort. Yeah. Um, uh, although that is uh, definitely on the list of things I would like to be. <laughs> uh, but I thought this was great. It was yeah. very beautiful. Yeah. Very pretty, I think that it did cool. a really, really good homage to the Egyptian pantheon in a way that Thor really nailed and that the Eternals definitely did the opposite of nailing of when it comes to like the greek 
gods because the Eternals are sort of based off the Greek gods, but also not. not. They're, they're not. They're not. They're uh, not. Listen, the Eternals yeah. movie, we all pretend it doesn't exist. It's literally the worst thing It's ever. probably best that way. Um, Unless we want to talk about um, Rob Stark dating uh, dating Cersei. And then it's, that's fun. Then it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty fun. But um, yeah, I thought this was really yeah, great. Was really I really good. liked the way that they did the magic. Also, this wasn't Thor... Uh, we're gods, but it's technology because magic and technology are basically yeah. the same. Like weird throwaway justification for everybody okay with it. These were just straight up gods. Yeah, you know. So uh, that was kind of gangster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very uh, very interesting take on mm -hmm. the whole Egyptian thing. You know, a lot of like beautiful scenery, beautiful temples. Uh, the the like closing like visual sequence like the credits visual sequence is amazing for each episode yeah um you know all the temples were super beautiful yeah it was a ton of fun and and again it hit it it's fun because it hit at like it hit at egyptian gods but not like it wasn't like gods of egypt like this is raw this is you know yeah like like it did a good job and also it was you know like respectful which is pretty gangster yeah. Because, uh, again, uh, Gods of Egypt, as the example, most most things aren't very respectful <laughs> um, or are, like, violently yeah. inaccurate or are, like, steeped in insanity to justify the plot or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was this was fun. This was pretty chill. Yeah, um, Oscar Isaac acted his little heart out oh for my this. God, he was so good. Um, so you know, if you're yeah. interested in watching something that's like a bit more on the Egyptian side, definitely recommend Moon Knight. If yes. nothing else, it's going to make you want to watch the Mummy. Yes, which we've with seen. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I mean, we've we've obviously seen it. Yeah. But like, I mean, we, like recently, we watched seen. Moon Knight, and we were like, okay, well, obviously, yeah. I think we we've seen the Mummy like three times in the process of watching the Moon Knight. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Because every time we watch it, I'm just like... Oh, and also Stargate. Yeah. Yeah. And Stargate. <laughs> Several times. Yeah. So definitely enjoyed this. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Real, real fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check it out. And if you have seen Moon Knight, let us know in the comments below on YouTube or hit us up on social media uh, if on a podcast and let us know what you thought about it because we'd love to hear what you thought about uh, Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said... Uh, we're just going to wrap it up with a shout out to our patrons, Alan, Miranda, Alexa, Helena, Jeff, and Adrian. You guys are awesome. Stay awesome, y'all. Yep. Thank um, you for helping us do what we do and yeah. better every time. Yeah, you guys are the best. Uh, and then uh, next up, our next episode is episode 38, which will come out sometime around next Monday, but it might be late because, you know, whatever, real life. <laughs> um and it's gonna be on we're kitchen still figuring Witch out our yeah, schedules yeah, now that Jesus john Christ. has a different date uh it's gonna be on kitchen witchery yeah which is awesome so, so that's yeah. the second one yeah we're gonna get uh, kitchen, kitchen witchery, witchery 102 for a lack of better words yep uh so for that and then after that we will have the uh the uh, next pub chat where you will get the uh abridged life and story of uh, Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah. And that's, he, he is weird. 
It is weird, dude. Rasputin's a character. So yeah. that'll be very, very dope. Yeah. But um, um, if you're interested in uh, sort of pre-gaming for the next episode, which is Kitchen Witchery, the next full-length episode, that is episode 19. So um, definitely check that out. We're going to be building on a bunch of stuff episode, there. Yes. So um, definitely a good idea to, um, to listen to that one. Yeah. And uh, if... Um, if you're in California and you're going to Fanime, which may or may not make sense for a bunch of people, but if you are in Northern California and you're going to Fanime this year, don't forget to check out our panel. We are ho uh, hosting a panel and live recording an episode of the podcast for that, uh, which is the Saturday before Mem Memorial Day. Um, and uh, it's on Magic in Anime. For yeah. our anime fans out there, because we're both huge anime fans. Yeah. But uh, yeah, either way, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron. Podcast Pub, Pub Chat. Chats. And we will uh, catch you guys on the flip side. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. <laughs>